How's everybody doing? Who's stressed out with homework? Who's doing good though? dive in. Alright. What did we talk about last week? Yeah, you got it. Well, what does that mean, though? <laughs> Great takeaway. Great takeaway. Last week, we talked about being built different. Today, we're talking about being built different. Version 2.0. So it's like, I don't really know how to compare it to anything. It's just about as different as it can get, okay? But last week we talked about living your life as a sacrifice to God, right? Jesus saved us so that we can uh, live in freedom. But the freedom comes as we live our lives for Jesus. Your body and your life is a temple, which means what? What? Yeah. The things that you do, the things that you say, the things that you watch, listen to, speak over yourself, they all matter. Because you as a person are no longer your own. Not that you ever really were. We are always created to be something more than just our own, right? But we can live into this idea that we're just, I'm just Cole. But I'm never just Cole. I'm actually God's son who just happens to have the name Cole. Okay? So the, your life's a temple, the things that you say do, you fill in the blank matter. And when we choose Jesus, we choose life. But now we're talking 2.0. I don't have a ton of slides again this week. Slides are like my enemy, okay? And I don't know that they're so helpful as they are distracting sometimes. So, really cool, Katrina came up here and prayed uh, that whatever negative thing you're feeling, that you feel the opposite. So, for example, if you're hopeless, that you would feel hope. If you're homeless, that you'd feel belonging. If you're depressed or sad, that you feel joy or happiness. Really cool. How do we feel those things? Circumstances cause us to feel certain things, yeah. How do we feel the good things, though? Where does, where does that come from? Jesus. Yeah. You guys can talk. It's okay. You talk to each other sometimes during the message. Not okay. Talk to me during the message. That's totally fine. I'm cool with it. Okay? Especially when I ask a question. Our hope, our joy, our life, it comes from Jesus. But when I ask you the question, where are you going, what do you answer? Coop, where are you going after school? You don't know. Carson, where are you going after school? No, 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 no. After high school. Okay, Cooper, where are you going after high school? College. Carson. Does someone have an answer different than college? Cooper, you already answered. Cole, where are you going? Oh. Does anyone have an answer other than college? Okay, you're all going to go to college. Perfect. So, what's your hope? 
Heaven give me hope. Come on, good job. Heaven's your hope. It works, dude. It works. All right. There you go. What are you gonna do? Just go get a great job. That's awesome. So, oh, it's all just a plot. Yes. Way to break the mold. Good job, Lucy. All right. Where am I going? I am going here. Okay. Who? Told you where you're going, Carson. Your parents did? Cooper, did your parents tell you you had to go to college? <laughs> Lucy, how did you figure out you were going to go to photography? Like passionate about? Where do you think the passion comes from? Where does the beauty of nature come from? Maybe the guy who created it? Here's what I want you to catch, okay? It's a little bit loopy, I know, sorry. But bring it in really close. If you don't ask Jesus where you're going, how do you expect to get to where you're supposed to be? You capturing that thought, an idea? It is December, shoot, good job, 7th. We're meeting next week. We're having a party. I don't get to talk to you. I promised myself I would. I would just have fun the whole time. This is, I just feel like sometimes we get too emotional with cold talks. But in three weeks, roughly four, you have a new year. New opportunity, new start, new me. I'm going to be built different 2.0, January 1st. Probably going to work out. Probably going to promise myself that I'm going to read like a book a month. Maybe two. Probably going to be ambitious about my wake-up time or my go-to-bed time or my eating habits, and I'm not going to live up to any of it. Do you guys do that too? I'm going to grow here. Yeah, it happens every day. What is uh, one thing? What is one thing that you want to be different next year in your life? One thing you want to be different next year. I'm asking you so many questions tonight. It's different, I know. Somebody besides seventh grade boys, give me an answer. Joe, what's going to be different next year? You're going to be different? What are you going to do to get different? There you go, man. All right, here's what I'm proposing. This is where we bring it all back and I stop asking questions, okay? I'm proposing that you go all in. I talk about this almost every week in some capacity. You are probably not all in in every area of your walk with Jesus. Some areas you might be, and I'm not trying to call you out and tell you that you're not being what God created you to be right now. But I am saying that there are specific areas of your life with Jesus where you can be more intentional, where you can step a little bit further into this idea of what it means to follow Him. And like I said from the very beginning this year, 
When you're all on the same page, this room feels way different. Who was here when Alice was talking about healing? Almost all of you? This doesn't actually help, but this kind of does. Who felt like that night was different? All of you that were here? Who was healed that night? Can you stand up if you're healed? Because I can't see your hands. That's super cool. Let's just praise Jesus for that. In total, we counted 20 kids were like experienced the touch of the Holy Spirit in some way that Wednesday night. But do you know what I noticed apart from all of that? Every single one of you was on the edge of your seats excited to see what Alice was going to say and what God was going to do. On any given night, that's not always the case. And it's okay, guys. Totally fine. Totally fine. But on any given night, I'm asking that at least at some point, every eye and ear and mind would be attentive to God. That you wouldn't write off this opportunity to go all in. Especially you juniors, seniors, sophomores, ninth grade, I guess, too. High schoolers, okay? Because coming fast is the decision to do photography instead of college. And it's kind of a big decision. Or what school to go to. Or Carson, what many sports do you want to play in college? Try hockey. <laughs> what? You already did? Oh, didn't work. <clears throat> okay, because you have all these opportunities in front of you, but we're so focused on the opportunities, the things around us, the people, the conversations, the toys, the cups that we have from the cafe. Maybe we just like... Thanks, guys. Go all in with me, okay? Now let's, uh, let's take it back to the Bible. Who's got their Bibles with them? We gotta work on that. New year, new you, Bible every week. All right, thank you. Because it's gonna be helpful. The Bible is like, um, what I'm realizing is that, and I'm learning a lot, guys. I learn a lot every single day because, um, because I'm in a season of learning, that's why. I don't really know why. Just because I'm, trying to be all in so that I can show up for you on a Wednesday night and deliver something of meaning and value. But the Bible, in my opinion, and looking at Christianity and looking at students and looking at adults, it is the most overlooked tool that you have to live your life so incredibly well. And we make it so much less than it is. We, we make it so much less than it is. We talked about it last week. Spend 30 minutes to an hour in the Bible, one day a week, and it will change your life so drastically. And it will change your life so much more than sitting down and reading one verse because that's all you can bring yourself to do. Or because you thought that that was, you know. And I understand that sometimes it's difficult to actually sit down and read for that long. Maybe you struggle with um, ADD or some sort of attention disorder or you struggle to read like on a page and so it's more distracting to actually read in a book. That's okay. 
Thankfully, we live in a society where you actually don't have to read it, and you can still get it. You can listen to, like, I, I've done this because at one point I was listening to too many podcasts on my commute to work, and so I started listening to the Bible, and I realized that you can listen to so much of the Bible so fast, it's actually crazy. You could probably listen to the whole Bible in a week if you played it as much as you play music when you're doing homework or something, which, granted, maybe it's difficult to listen to the Bible and do homework, but get the idea, right? At least the whole New Testament. Okay. Uh, let's skip over this one. Here's what we're going to draw from today. Thank you for having your Bibles out. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation is uh, sometimes controversial book. Maybe scary if you read it that way. Chapter 3 verse 2. But uh, I want us to look at this and put ourselves in the shoes of this church right here. So this church is a church just like any other church, which just basically means that it was a group of Christians gathered together on a regular basis. All of the books of the Bible, not all of them, all of the books in the New Testament minus the Gospels were specifically written to churches, to groups of Christians meeting together. They wrote them to give them instructions, to encourage them, to say, you guys need to do this more, do that more, or right? If you read them, you get the idea of what they're struggling with. This church specifically is struggling with, um, well, let's just read it. We'll figure it out. Okay? It's really small on the screen. That's why you got to have your Bible. And because it came out small and then I put it in. It says, wake up! Right away, chapter 2. Or verse 2, sorry. Right? Verse 2. Yep. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But, oh my, it's bigger now. Now I'm lost, sorry. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. This is where we get this idea that is totally mine and not in the Bible, but there's no halfway, okay? And the halfway being this. This thing has a laser pointer. Check it out. I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. So this is um, historically known to be Jesus speaking to someone hearing it in a dream. Okay? So Jesus is saying, I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. He's speaking to someone specifically, to a church, okay? Let's be the church just for a second. Role-playing, okay? <laughs> We're that church, this is Jesus. And he says, I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. How does that make you feel? Disappointed, that's a good one. Scared's probably not a bad one, but let's focus on disappointed. I feel disappointed because I had an opportunity and I came up short. I had an opportunity to go all in. I had an opportunity to give it my all. I had an opportunity to work really hard and not like my mom or my wife or your best friend said like, oh, you didn't finish that. Or your teacher was like, why, why don't you finish the project? No, no, no. Jesus, the Son of God said, 
Oh, wait, wait. I found this stuff to be all unfinished. But the cool part about this is he gives us a chance. He doesn't just say like, ha it's unfinished. See you later. No, he says, wake up. See the opportunity right in front of you. Step into the opportunity to be built different, to make a new you, to make a new promise to yourself, a new challenge to yourself. And this doesn't have to just be reading the Bible. All at different levels. I'm saying read the Bible because I think it's an underused tool that you guys could like send to the moon. Okay, let's go to the fullness of God is for you today. This does not go back to the verse. We're going to jump a little bit. Try not to jump too much, but we're going to jump a little bit, okay? We're going to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. We're kind of out of context here. Same idea, though, where Paul is writing a letter to the church. Revelation is written by John. This one's written by Paul. Right into the, the church in Ephesus. And this is a prayer that he prays over them. So let's role play again. Let's be the ones that Paul is praying over. It says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We'll stop there for a second. That's stopping in verse 19. Let's go back just for a second. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how long, how wide, and how deep is the love of Christ. Stopping right there, right before verse 19. I'm going to read it one more time, just a small section. Rooted in love, that you may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people, so in all of the church, to grasp how wide, how long, and how deep is the love of Christ. Does it say you can't grasp it? I read it a bunch of times. Oh, look at that. That's killing me, dude. Can't do that. That's actually really nice. Can you do that all the time? Cool. Does it say that you can't grasp it? No. It says that I pray you have the power together with all of the church to grasp it. We move on a little bit. Let's go to 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Talked about this. The Holy Spirit inside you can do so much more than you realize or let yourself realize. To him be all, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so going back to the slide there. The fullness of God is for you right now. You have to kill the lie inside you that says you're going to do it tomorrow. Or that says, not that you're going to do it tomorrow, that you're going to do it when you like grow up. I'm going to do it when I have an opportunity to speak on a stage like Cole. Or I'm going to do it when I'm the youth leader. 
or I'm going to do it when I have my own kids, or I'm going to do it when I get married, or I'm going to do it when I find someone that I want to get married to. The fullness of God is for you today, not tomorrow. Ultimately, this is a question I'm asking you. Are you going all in? Are you taking every opportunity in front of you to actually go all in? Because there's this dichotomy. If we go back. Dichotomy is right here. We have the wake up and gives us an opportunity to strengthen what remains and is about to die. So that in the end, our deeds aren't found unfinished. We, we don't want that, right? I don't want that. But if we go down here, to the second part of this verse, this is what we're picking up in verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So... Here's what we're catching first. I wish you were not, this little pointer is the death of me, I probably should not use it. I wish you were either one or the other. So don't be cold or hot. No, do be cold or hot, don't be in the middle. Don't be lukewarm. What does that mean? Jesus is, is saying, you have an opportunity right in front of you. Go all in, or just don't. Don't go halfway. What's the point in going halfway? Like, you have this opportunity in front of you to, like, yeah, you already come to church, so that's a start. Like, you're here on a Wednesday night. We have fun. At least once a week. I hope you have fun. We also get serious for a second. We have worship. You get some community with your groups, and then hopefully we have a little fun before you go home. But you have an opportunity, like, right in front of you. And you're so stinking blessed, guys. Like, so blessed. I talked about uh, that mission trip and the, the individuals, the, those people um, that were going down there to work with, they were born on the island into homelessness or living in homelessness at one point within their early uh, years, like before they were 10 or something. I don't know. Have you like even thought about what that would be like for your own life? Like the things that you wouldn't have because I was thinking about it the other day. I'm sitting in my living room, and um, when you're an adult, you can think like this, but it's cold out, so my furnace came on, and I was like, wow, that probably costs money every time it comes on. And then I was like, sitting with Kaylee, and I was like, dude, you're so expensive. Uh, diapers and being born in general is actually really expensive. Um, and then I was looking, and we got a Christmas tree in our living room, and I was like, we got a pretty good deal on the tree compared to like what I've seen some other prices be, but then I looked at all the ornaments, and I was like, I'm really glad Jess got those on clearance. Because stuff's expensive. And then I was like, if I didn't have all this stuff, if I was like homeless, or maybe just less fortunate in general, if God's blessing wasn't for me to have things right now in this season of my life, would I pay more attention to him? Would I care more? Would I watch another football game on a Saturday or 
Currently, I've been watching the World Cup when it's on sometimes. Really sad that USA got knocked out. That was dramatic and disappointing. <clears throat> now I have Brazil, if you want to know. But, um, <clears throat> and I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I just want, maybe I'll just watch another match. Or maybe I'll just uh, watch another movie. Or sitting with my wife and she started a new show and we're kind of on different bookends when it comes to how we dig into God. Whereas like, uh, I'll dig into like books more. Jessica will dig into more um, digital formats. Like she likes to watch videos of sermons or um, listen to worship music more. I like worship music, but I can't just like sit and listen to it. I have to have like I like to read a book or read the Bible or whatever. Jessica started a show, and I was like, shoot, I could sit down and watch this with you, or I could be like, I have two hours every evening where I kind of just go like, it's time to go to bed. Because it's like not late enough to go to bed, but not early enough to do anything. Really. And I was like, what if I didn't have the supercomputer in my pocket, which is not on me right now, unfortunately. What if I didn't have the TV that like is smart, and so you have like Prime Video, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, actual TV fan, like TV channels or whatever. And Xbox, I haven't actually used it in like nine months, and I'm really proud of it. Probably should just sell it. Anybody want an Xbox? Um, yeah, we'll talk about it some other time. That's the giveaway for the Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, what if we took a step back to take a step forward with God? What if we just like really realized how distracted we are? And I get you have homework. I get it. I, I've had homework before. I went to four years of college. Took 24 credits one time and worked two jobs. Like, I totally understand busy. But even in those moments, I would find time for the things I wanted to find time for. I was just talking to a student, student leadership earlier. Still never called you guys out. I probably should do that more often. But, like, from a certain standpoint, because you always get me thinking. Uh, talking to them, and somebody said something along the lines of, like, I don't want to feel like I have to check the box of reading my Bible. I don't want you to feel like that either. But talking about built different, and maybe we talked about this last week, I don't fully remember. Who goes to the gym on a regular basis? Guys who play sports. And then these girls. And then some people over here. How long did it take you to go to the gym on a regular basis before you actually wanted to go to the gym on a regular basis? You haven't got there yet? No, me neither, dude. A year, did you say? Holy smokes, that's a long time. Me, I go like, January 1st, I'm gonna go run. I skip the first because I'm too full because it's New Year's Day. Then the second, I go run. And then the third, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sore. I was pushing myself probably too hard on the first day. Is that a thing? Can you do that? Avery says yes. That's what I looked at. <laughs> and then I don't go back because I'm too sore and I stop. I'm going to say the same thing with your scripture muscle. Let's start looking at this like a muscle. Okay? We'll just skip out here. There you go. This is the muscle. You sit down. You read it for 10 minutes. 
tomorrow, morning, evening, doesn't matter. Started reading my Bible at night because I don't feel like I have the motivation or the energy to read it in the morning, but I guilt myself over and over all day and then I end up reading it. And probably not healthy. Set a time that you're going to read your Bible. Do it for 10 minutes. Just start with 10 minutes. Super chill. Or listen to it. You can always listen to it. Great option. You can do a Bible study with your family. Whatever it takes, right? Just, just 10 minutes. Then, work your prayer muscle. 10 minutes, just pray. You don't have to say nothing. You can just sit there and be like, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm here right now because Cole said I should pray for 10 minutes. Leave it at that. Cool? Next week comes. 10 minutes turns into 15 minutes. But you just pray for 10 minutes. So you read your Bible for 15 minutes. You pray for 10 minutes. We're still only at 25 minutes. But does that feel like a long time? Who's freaking out at the idea of doing that? Please raise your hand because I know that you are freaking out a little bit. Good job. Thanks for being honest. Just, just try. Try to go all in. Because at the end of your days, my days, your days, at the end of our days, whether that comes tomorrow or that comes in 50 years or 10 years, 20 years, doesn't really matter, okay? At the end of your days, number one is always going to be looming. There's really no halfway. You either are sold out and totally into this idea that Jesus saved you and you want to live for him. That does not mean that you read your Bible and pray every day. It can and should maybe. But if you don't read it, it's not, it doesn't disqualify you. It doesn't make you halfway at all. But like living for Jesus and then not for Jesus and then for Jesus, that's halfway. You pick a path, run down it, okay? For Jesus or not. Number two, and this can go both ways, I guess, but the fullness of God is not for tomorrow. It's not for when you figure it out. It's not for when you finish reading the whole Bible. It's for right now, today. He's like so ready for you to be, hey, Jesus, can I experience the Holy Spirit? Can I, can you just like, let me know what it feels like to be touched by you. To, to experience the Holy Spirit. That is like so overcomplicated by our mind sometimes. That's all it is. That comes in every shape or form. And it's, you'll totally know it's, there's not like a right or wrong, right? Sometimes it comes with joy, happiness. I get like different reactions depending on the day. And I'm sure your leader could like attest to that and talk you through it too if you have questions. But then there's just number three. And that's my question for you. Are you going to go all in? Like, don't have to. I want you to come to youth church either way. Because I totally trust that whether or not you're ready to like go all in right now, that you can still absorb things, you can still learn things, you can still like figure out like when you're ready or figure out what you believe or don't believe. 
But for a lot of you, and especially those of you who have been here for a while, or maybe just since the first week this fall, this is our wrap-up. This is the fall. This is fall is over. We have Christmas party next weekend, and all of a sudden we are in the dead of winter slash spring, and my mind just works in semesters. This is like the end of our semester. So on the final, for the end of your semester, is the question, are you going all in? Have you really considered challenging yourself in all of the ideas that we talked about from week one? Read your Bible. It will change your life. Pray. It will change your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. It's going to give you power to do things that like you didn't think possible. Live in community through honor. Honor the people around you. Your small group. Your family. Your parents. Your leaders. And then just like go all in. Don't just kind of get it. Don't just say yes to a few of those. Like, it's right in front of you. And you have a room full of people who want to see you go on, who want to go do with you. If we can all get on board with this one simple concept, dude, look at where we would be. Look at where Elk River would be. Look at where your school would be. If you could just love everyone in honor, it'd be super cool. All right. Jesus, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come into this space. We just thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit with us. We thank you for the words that you've given us in the Bible. And we just ask for a blessing over um, our time in small group. Jesus, I specifically pray over each and every one of these students that you would reveal to them the area where you want them to press in. That they would see the opportunity to press into your Holy Spirit. To listen to Jesus. To sit at your feet. And that we could just be a changed people for you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.